0: Chapter 24 of A Daughter of the Snows by Jack London. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter 24. Awake, you dreamers! Wake! Frona was out of her sleeping furs at Del Bishop's first call, but ere she had slipped a skirt on and bare feet into moccasins, her father, beyond the blanket curtain, had thrown back the flaps of the tent and stumbled out. The river was up. In the chill grey light she could see the ice rubbing softly against the very crest of the bank. It even topped it in places, and the huge cakes worked inshore many feet. A hundred yards out the white field merged into the dim dawn and the grey sky. Subdued splits and splutters whispered from out the obscureness, and a gentle grinding could be heard. "'When will it go?' she asked of Del. "'Not a bit too lively for us. See there?' he pointed with his toe to the water lapping out from under the ice and creeping greedily towards them a foot rise every ten minutes danger he scoffed not on your life it's got to go them islands waving his hand indefinitely down river can't hold up under more pressure if they don't let go the ice the ice'll scour them clean out of the bed of the yukon sure but i've got to be chasin back Lower ground down our way, fifteen inches on the cabin floor, and McPherson and Corliss hustlin' perishables into the bunks. "'Tell Macpherson to be ready for a call,' Jacob Wells shouted after him, and then to Frona. "'Now's the time for St. Vincent to cross the back-channel.' The Baron, shivering barefooted, pulled out his watch. Ten minutes to three. he chattered. "'Hadn't you better go back and get your moccasins?' Frona asked. "'There will be time.' "'And Miss the magnificence? hark from nowhere in particular a slow brisk crackling arose then died away the ice was in motion slowly very slowly it proceeded downstream there was no commotion no ear-splitting thunder no splendid display of force simply a silent flood of white an orderly procession of tight-packed ice packed so closely that not a drop of water was in evidence it was there, somewhere down underneath, but it had to be taken on faith. There was a dull hum or muffled grating, but so low in pitch that the ear strained to catch it. "'Ah! Where is the magnificence? It is a fake!' The baron shook his fists angrily at the river, and Jacob Wells's thick brows seemed to draw down in order to hide the grim smile in his eyes. "'Ha! Ha! I laugh! I snap my fingers! See! I defy!' As the challenge left his lips, Baron Kerberton stepped upon a cake which rubbed lightly past at his feet. So unexpected was it, that when Jacob Wells reached after him, he was gone. The ice was picking up in momentum, and the hum growing louder and more threatening. Balancing gracefully like a circus rider, the Frenchman whirled away along the rim of the bank. Fifty precarious feet he rode, his mount becoming more unstable every instant, and he leaped neatly to the shore, he came back laughing and received for his pains two or three of the choicest phrases jacob wells could select from the essentially masculine portion of his vocabulary and for why Herberton demanded stung to the quick for why jacob wells mimicked wrathfully pointing into the sleek stream sliding by a great cake had driven its nose into the bed of the river thirty feet below and was struggling to upend all the frigid flood behind crinkled and bent back like so much paper then the stalled cake turned completely over and thrust its muddy nose skyward. But the squeeze caught it, while cake mounted cake at its back, and its fifty feet of muck and gouge were hurled into the air. It crashed upon the moving mass beneath, and flying fragments landed at the feet of those that watched. Caught broadside in a chaos of pressures, it crumbled into scattered pieces and disappeared. "'Cod!' the baron spoke the word reverently and with awe frona caught his hand on the one side and her father's on the other the ice was now leaping past in feverish haste somewhere below a heavy cake butted into the bank and the ground swayed under their feet another followed it nearer the surface and as they sprang back upreared mightily and with a ton or so of soil on its broad back bowled insolently onward and yet another reaching inshore like a huge hand ripped three careless pines out by the roots and bore them away Day had broken, and the driving white gorged the Yukon from shore to shore. What of the pressure of bent water behind? The speed of the flood had become dizzying. Down all its length the bank was being gashed and gouged, and the island was jarring and shaking to its foundations. "'Oh, great, great!' Rona sprang up and down between the men. "'Where is your fake, Baron?' "'Ah!' he shook his head. "'Ah, I was wrong. I am miserable. But the Magnificence! Look!' he pointed down to the bunch of islands which obstructed the bend there the mile-wide stream divided and subdivided again which was well for water but not so well for packed ice the islands drove their wedged heads into the frozen flood and tossed the cakes high into the air but cake pressed upon cake and shelled out of the water out and up sliding and grinding and climbing and still more cakes from behind till hillocks and mountains of ice upreared and crashed among the trees a likely place for a jam, Jacob Wells said. Get the glasses, Frona. He gazed through them long and steadily. It's growing, spreading out, a cake at the right time and the right place. But the river is falling, Frona cried. The ice had dropped six feet below the top of the bank, and the Baron Corberton marked it with a stick. Our man's still there, but he doesn't move. It was clear day, and the sun was breaking forth in the northeast. They took turnabout with the glasses in gazing across the river. Look, is it not marvellous? Corberton pointed to the mark he had made. The water had dropped another foot. Ah, too bad, too bad, the jam. There will be none. Jacob Wells regarded him gravely. Ah, there will be, he asked, picking up hope. Frona looked inquiringly at her father. Jams are not always nice, he said with a short laugh it all depends where they take place and where you happen to be but the river look it falls i can see it before my eyes it is not too late he swept the island studded bend and saw the ice mountains larger and reaching out one to another go into the tent corberton and put on the pair of moccasins you'll find by the stove go on you won't miss anything and you frona start the fire and get the coffee under way half an hour after though the river had fallen twenty feet they found the ice still pounding along now the fun begins here take a squint you hot-headed gall the left-hand channel man now she takes it corberton saw the left-hand channel close and then a great white barrier heave up and travel from island to island the ice before them slowed down and came to rest then followed the instant rise of the river up it came in a swift rush as though nothing short of the sky could stop it as when they were first awakened the cakes rubbed and slid inshore over the crest of the bank the muddy water creeping in advance and marking the way mon dieu but this is not nice but magnificent baron frona teased in the meanwhile you are getting your feet wet he retreated out of the water and in time for a small avalanche of cakes rattled down upon the place he had just left THE RISING WATER HAD FORCED THE ICE UP TILL IT STOOD BREAST HIGH ABOVE THE ISLAND LIKE A WALL. BUT IT WILL GO DOWN SOON WHEN THE JAM BREAKS. SEE, EVEN NOW IT COMES UP NOT SO SWIFT. IT HAS BROKEN. PRONO WAS WATCHING THE BARRIER. NO, IT HASN'T, SHE DENIED. BUT THE WATER NO LONGER RISES LIKE A RACEHORSE. NOR DOES IT STOP RISING. HE WAS PUZZLED FOR THE NONCE. THEN HIS FACE BRIGHTENED. AH, I HAVE IT. ABOVE SOMEWHERE THERE IS ANOTHER JAM. MOST EXCELLENT, IS IT NOT? she caught his excited hand in hers and detained him but listen suppose the upper jam breaks and the lower jam holds he looked at her steadily till he grasped the full import his face flushed and with a quick intake of breath he straightened up and threw back his head he made a sweeping gesture as though to include the island then you and i the tent the boats cabins trees everything and la bijou poof and all are gone to the devil verona shook her head it is too bad bad pardon magnificent no no baron not that but that you are not an anglo-saxon the race could well be proud of you and you frona would you not glorify the french at it again eh throwing bouquets at yourselves del bishop grinned at them and made to depart as quickly as he had come but twist yourselves some sick men in a cabin down here got to get em out you're needed "'And don't be all day about it!' he shouted over his shoulder as he disappeared among the trees. The river was still rising, though more slowly, and as soon as they left the high ground they were splashing along ankle-deep in the water. Winding in and out among the trees they came upon a boat which had been hauled out the previous fall. Who had managed to get into the country thus far over the ice had piled themselves into it, also their tents, sleds, and dogs but the boat was perilously near the ice-gorge which growled and wrestled and overtopped it a bare dozen feet away come get out of this you fools jacob wells shouted as he went past del bishop had told them to get the hell out of there when he ran by and they could not understand one of them turned up an unheeding terrified face another lay prone and listless across the thwarts as though bereft of strength while the third with the face of a clerk rocked back and forth and moaned monotonously my god my god the baron stopped long enough to shake him damn he cried your legs man not god but your legs ah ah hump yourself yes hump get a move on twist get back from the bank the woods the trees anywhere he tried to drag him out but the man struck at him savagely and held back how one collects the vernacular he confided proudly to frona as they hurried on twist it is a strong word and suitable you should travel with dell she laughed he'd increase your stock in no time you don't say so yes but i do ah your idioms i shall never learn and he shook his head despairingly with both his hands they came out in a clearing where a cabin stood close to the river on its flat earth roof two sick men swathed in blankets were lying while bishop corliss and jacob wells were splashing about inside the cabin after the clothes-bags and general outfit the mean depth of the flood was a couple of feet but the floor of the cabin had been dug out for purposes of warmth and there the water was to the waist keep the tobacco dry one of the sick men said feebly from the roof tobacco hell his companion advised look out for the flour and the sugar he added as an afterthought that's cause bill he don't smoke miss the first man explained but keep an eye on it won't you he pleaded here now shut up dell tossed the canister beside him and the man clutched it as though it were a sack of nuggets can i be of any use she asked looking up at them no nope, scurvy nothing will do em any good but god's country and raw potatoes the pocket miner regarded her for a moment what are you doing here anyway get on back to high ground but with a groan and a crash the ice wall bulged in a fifty-ton cake ended over splashing them with muddy water and settled down before the door a smaller cake drove against the out jutting corner logs and the cabin reeled Kerberton and jacob wells were inside after you frona heard the baron and then her father's short amused laugh and the gallant frenchman came out last squeezing his way between the cake and the logs "'Say, Bill, if that there lower jam holds were goners,' the man with the canister called to his partner. "'Ay, that it will,' came the answer. Blown a Lotto, I saw Bixby Island swept clean as my old mother's kitchen floor.' The men came hastily together about Frona. "'This won't do. We've got to carry them over to your shack, Corliss.' As he spoke, Jacob Wells clambered nimbly up the cabin and gazed down at the big barrier. "'Where's McPherson? he asked petrified astride the ridgepole, this last hour jacob wells waved his arm it's breaking there she goes no kitchen floor this time bill with my respects to your old woman called he of the tobacco ay answered the imperturbable bill the whole river seemed to pick itself up and start down the stream with the increasing motion the ice-wall broke in a hundred pieces and from up and down the shore came the rending and crashing of uprooted trees corliss and bishop laid hold of bill and started off to mcpherson's and jacob wells and the baron were just sliding his mate over the eaves when a huge block of ice rammed in and smote the cabin squarely frona saw it and cried a warning but the tiered logs were overthrown like a house of cards she saw kerberton and the sick man hurled clear of the wreckage and her father go down with it she sprang to the spot but he did not rise she pulled at him to get his mouth above water, but at full stretch his head barely showed. Then she let go and felt about with her hands till she found his right arm jammed between the logs. These she could not move, but she thrust between them one of the roof-poles which had underlaid the dirt and moss. It was a rude handspike, hardly equal to the work, for when she threw her weight upon the free end it bent and cracked heedful of the warning she came in a couple of feet and swung upon it tentatively and carefully till something gave and jacob wells shoved his muddy face into the air he drew half a dozen great breaths and burst out but that tastes good and then throwing a quick glance about him rona Del bishop is a most voracious man why she asked perplexedly because he said you'd do you know he kissed her and they both spat the mud from their lips laughing Herberton floundered round a corner of the wreckage never was there such a man he cried gleefully he is mad crazy there is no appeasement his skull is cracked by the fall and his tobacco is gone it is chiefly the tobacco which is lamentable but his skull was not cracked for it was merely a slit of the scalp of five inches or so you'll have to wait till the others come back i can't carry jacob wells pointed to his right arm which hung dead only wrenched he explained no bones broken the baron struck an extravagant attitude and pointed down at frona's foot ah the water it is gone and there a jewel of the flood a pearl of price her well-worn moccasins had gone rotten from the soaking and a little white toe peeped out at the world of slime then i am indeed wealthy baron for i have nine others and who shall deny who shall deny he cried fervently what a ridiculous foolish lovable fellow it is i kissed your hand and he knelt gallantly in the muck she jerked her hand away and burying it with its mate in his curly mop shook his head back and forth what shall i do with him father jacob wells shrugged his shoulders and laughed and she turned corberton's face up and kissed him on the lips and jacob wells knew that his was the larger share in that manifest joy the river fallen to its winter level was pounding its ice glut steadily along but in falling it had rimmed the shore with a twenty-foot wall of stranded floes the great blocks were spilled inland among the thrown and standing trees and the slime coated flowers and grasses like the titanic vomit of some northland monster the sun was not idle and the steaming thaw washed the mud and foulness from the bergs till they blazed like heaped diamonds in the brightness or shimmered opalescent blue yet they were reared hazardously one on another and ever and anon flashing towers and rainbow minarets crumbled thunderously into the flood by one of the gaps so made lay la bijou and about it saving Chicacos and sick men were grouped the denizens of the split-up no no lad twa men'll be a plenty tommy mcpherson sought about him with his eyes for corroboration gin ye gat three o the canoe twill be ower comfortable it must be a dash or nothing corliss spoke up we need three men tommy and you know it na, no, na, no, twas a plenty i'm a tellin ye but i'm afraid we'll have to do with two the scotch-canadian evinced his satisfaction openly mair to be a bother and i doot not ye'll make it all rake right, lad and you'll make one of those too tommy corliss went on inexorably naw no, there's ithers a plenty well countin me no there's not corberton doesn't know the first thing st vincent evidently cannot cross the slough mr wells's arm puts him out of it so it's only you and i tommy i'll not be inquisitive but yon son of an ox, a likely man he maun pit up a good stroke. while the scot did not lose much love for the truculent pocket-miner he was well aware of his grit and seized the chance to save himself by shoving the other into the breach del bishop stepped into the centre of the little circle paused and looked every man in the eyes before he spoke is there a man here'll say i'm a coward he demanded without preface again he looked each one in the eyes or is there a man who'll even hint that i ever did a cur-like act and yet again he searched the circle well and good i hate the water but i've never been afraid of it i don't know how to swim yet i've been over the side more times than it's good to remember i can't pull an oar without batting my back on the bottom of the boat as for steering well authorities say there's thirty-two points to the compass but there's at least thirty more when i get started as sure as god made little apples i don't know my elbow from my knee about a paddle i've capsized damn near every canoe i've ever set foot in i've gone right through the bottom of two i've turned turtle in the canyon and been pulled out below the white horse i can only keep stroke with one man and that man's yours truly but gentlemen if the call comes i'll take my place in la bijou and take her to hell if she don't turn over on the way baron Kerberton threw his arms about him crying as sure as god made little apples thou art a man tommy's face was white and he sought refuge in speech from the silence which settled down i'll deny i lift a good paddle nor that my wind is fair but gin ye gang i'll tithe the way the next jam will be on us for my part i consider it i rash by the way till the river's clear say i it's no go tommy jacob wells admonished you can't cash excuses here but mon it doesna need discrimination that'll do from corliss you're coming i'll nothing o' the sort i'll shut up dell had come into the world with lungs of leather and larynx of brass and when he thus jerked out the stops the scotsman quailed and shrank down oh yes oh yes in contrast to dell's siren tones fronas were purest silver as they rippled down island through the trees oh yes oh yes open water open water and wait a minute i'll be with you three miles upstream where the yukon curved grandly in from the west a bit of water appeared it seemed too marvellous for belief after the granite winter but macpherson untouched of imagination began a crafty retreat bide a by bide he protested when collared by the pocket-miner. I forgot my pipe. Then you'll bide with us, Tommy, Dell sneered. And I'd let you have a draw of mine if your own wasn't sticking out of your pocket. Twas the backy I didn't mind? Then dig into this. He shoved his pouch into Macpherson's shaking hands. You'd better shed your coat. Here, I'll help you. And private, Tommy, if you don't act the man, I won't do a thing to you. Sure. Corliss had stripped his heavy flannel shirt for freedom, and it was plain when Frona joined them that she also had been shedding. Jacket and skirt were gone, and her underskirt of dark cloth ceased midway below her knee. You'll do, Dell commended. Jacob Wells looked at her anxiously and went over to where she was testing the grips of the several paddles. You're not, he began. She nodded. "'You're a good girl,' MacPherson broke in. "'Now have a woman to home to say nothing three bairns.' "'Already,' Corliss lifted the bow of La Bijou and looked back. "'The turbid water lashed by on the heels of the ice-run. Kerberton took the stern in the steep descent, "'and Dell marshaled Tommy's reluctant rear. "'A flat flow, dipping into the water at a slight incline, "'served as the embarking stage. Into the bow with you, Tommy.' the scotsman groaned felt bishop breathe heavily at his back and obeyed frona meeting his weight by slipping into the stern i can steer she assured corliss who for the first time was aware that she was coming he glanced up to jacob wells as though for consent and received it hit her up hit her up dell urged impatiently you're burning daylight End of chapter twenty four read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california